for the live shows, professionals, serving communities. You know, I, it's Tommy D, your friend, the nonprofit sector connector, host of Philanthropy and Focus and co-host of this year program, The Professionals and Animal Lover Show. I just took a quick picture of us because I saw my buddy Jovi sneak onto the screen. Hello, Valerie. Hello, Heather. Hello, Jovi. What's going on, gang? Good, good to see everybody. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm great. I'm happy to have you here, Heather. We're excited. We'll jump into the conversation in a moment. But I thought of that with the commercial right before we got started, professional serving community. And I thought about what Heather does. And I thought about what how, uh, what Valerie and I are trying to accomplish with this program is to spotlight and show people who are serving community. What community we're talking about? We're talking about animals. We're talking about dogs and cats. And, and next week, we'll be talking about much larger animals, horses, in fact, but, but each week we strive here to amplify the message that we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. And we want to support one another in business by building this compassionate community. And I guess maybe six weeks ago, Valerie Heffron and your buddy, Tommy D, we were talking and Val came up to sing. She's like, I want to get back into podcasting. And somehow it turned into, let's do a show about animals. And 15 minutes later, we were like, let's just do it. And we were both like, really? Yeah, let's just, let's freaking do it. And I said, freaking, said, let's freaking do it. And that's like where we are. Today is actually three fingers. Today is the third episode of the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. We're excited. Uh, I don't think you're ever going to get rid of us. I think we're going to be doing this for a long time. So we want to build this community because we believe everybody wins, especially the animals. And we achieve this through this show. And we're going to achieve it through in-person events, uh, different ways we're going to do out, go out and, and do service for organizations. I'll give a shout out to one of our first guests on our first show, uh, Regina Mendoza of Camp Happy Tales NYC. And uh, I'm currently in the process of doing 60 days of service for nonprofit organizations. So when Regina was on the show, we talked. I found out what she does and how important her rescue is for, for these little dogs and big dogs for that point as well. Um, and I said to her, actually, when we were prepping even before the show, I said, I think I'm going to have to come out and do one of my 60 days of service because I'd really like to do that. But can I bring my son? Because Heather and Val, my son is an absolute maniac for dogs. And like a dog and a person can't walk by without him saying, I like your dog. I like your dog. And, you know, anybody who has a dog is probably that. right. They, you, you, do that. <laughs> you do it too. All right. So my 10 year old is never going to stop doing that. That's kind of just just what goes on. But to, to tell you guys, I'll, I'll be out there tomorrow in Queens um, with that organization super early. I think we'll be out there by 7 a.m. Uh, my son and I to do a day of service. And I tell you that only because I think service is important. I think philanthropy is important. And all, all or many of the organizations that come on our show either are nonprofits here or, or very closely aligned to a specific rescue. And we'll talk about Heather's uh, rescue of choice later on today. So Val, why don't you say hello, talk a little bit about, I know there's something on your mind, but talk a little bit about the show and how you, you know, how you envision our program, not just this episode. Okay, sure. So first of all, hi. <laughs> um, always thrilled to be here. This is a dream come true for me. This is actually like my favorite thing that I'm doing right now on a daily basis, whether it's talking to potential guests or learning about other rescues and organizations. Um, and this is just, these are my people. This is my tribe. So um, the theory is simple. Like I used to run events in, in New York. That's how I met Tommy and networking events. And the best, in my humble opinion, networking events that I ran were always niche, but then I took it to another level. So instead of, let's say, having a legal eagles networking event where it was all attorneys or a real estate professionals night where it was everybody in the room had something related to real estate um, or women in business. I mean, there's a million niches. I did a professional loving, um, excuse me, a pet loving professionals event. And I did it twice because we brought together everyone 
we brought together pet professionals, groomers, trainers, um, you know, vets. And we also brought together just regular professionals, lawyers, accountants, you know, again, real estate professionals, website designers, and the amount of business that was generated from those people in the room, uh, it's still happening. Like I know one animal advocate who has used the same lawyer four times for a real estate transaction. So that's what we're looking to do. We want to build a network of compassionate professionals and highlight the people in business doing good things for the animals, as well as charities and advocacy groups. And it's working. Look at this ripple effect. The ripple effect is here's Tommy DeMisa, doesn't have a pet yet. Fish. Fish. <laughs> you don't have any pets with legs. I would be surprised if that's not going to happen soon. But anyway, um, and here he is learning about, you know, puppy mills and learning about feral cats. And now he's volunteering and he's bringing his son with him. And, you know, his son is going to learn about fostering and his son is going to learn about volunteering. And this is this is amazing. So I'm just really proud and happy to be here. It's very special stuff. I mean, what we're doing here is is ultimately that ripple effect that I talk about all the time. And um, I'm thrilled, Val. I'm thrilled that we're here. I want to get Heather into this conversation sooner rather than later. So I'm going to read a bit bio before Heather. Um, since became, becoming a member of the Florida Bar, Heather has focused her practice solely on estate planning, guardianship, and probate law, and she provides legal counsel for individuals, families, and business owners in the creation of trusts, wills, financial, and healthcare powers of attorney, guardianships, and she assists families growing, going through the probate process. She's past president of the St. John's County Bar Association a director of the Young Lawyers Section of St. John's County Bar Association, and a committee member of the United Way Emerging Leaders, and is also a member of Enterprising Women's Leadership Institute. Just like her parents and grandparents and generation before, she was born and raised in St. John's County and can trace the family roots all the way back to the beginning of St. Augustine. And that's... That's, I love stories like that. I don't want to get into it, but what, what has stood out for me way before you ever met me, Heather, and we, when we met virtually last week, that you're involved in pet trust. And I know we're going to get to that. Val told me, and I said, let's do it. Let's get Heather on the show. So let's first welcome. Welcome to the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I thoroughly appreciate being here. I feel like my camera just moved. All of a sudden, um, your, yeah, your view, but you're, you're great. It's all good. Fine. No big deal. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm doing great, and I appreciate you having me today. I think it's a very important topic to talk about. It's, it's, you know, with people who are pet lovers and people who work with pets, that you know, eventually you might die before your pet does, and like, what happens to your pet? So, I work with a lot of clients talking about those type of things, and you want to make sure that it's taken care of. So, I think it'll be a very informative podcast today. Awesome. So why don't we just start out with your career and, and how you decided to go into law? And then I'm sure that'll take us down the advocacy road at some point quickly. But also, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but also how you chose your area of practice. Yeah. So I've kind of known I wanted to be a lawyer my whole life. Um, I, I went through a kind of a tumultuous situation as a late teen, early adult, and had to get involved in the legal system as a victim, not as a, not as a criminal. And um, I used some local um, community services and ended up being in a courtroom and meeting lawyers and seeing judges and how the whole process worked. And I just fell in love and was like, I kind of knew I was going to always be a lawyer, but like I caught the bug. And so then I just went for it. Um, I took some years off in my 20s just to like travel and have fun. And then um, went to law school when I was 30, actually. So I was a little bit later in life. And the reason I went into estate planning and probate and guardianship mostly is because of probate. And I did that because when I was 29, my mom passed away. And like I said, I was born and raised in this town. I know everyone. It's not that big of a town. And um, the probate process just, I went to a friend who was an attorney who knew my mom and it was just a horrible experience for me. Um, and so I decided this is what I wanted to do because I don't want anybody else to have to go through something that's such a hard situation, like grief and losing a parent or a child or, 
a spouse and not having direct contact with an attorney to answer those questions for you when you need to have them answered. And, you know, I waited three weeks to meet with an attorney who was a friend. Three weeks is a long time not knowing what you're supposed to be doing for him to say, there's nothing you need to do. Charge me $250 for a consultation. And that was the end of it. And I just, I I wanted to be an attorney that was very connected to the local population and that anybody could call me, ask me questions. They don't have to go through my paralegal. They don't have to go through a secretary. It's just me and them. And, you know, it's kind of taking out that, that kind of barrier that a lot of attorneys put up that like, I don't, I don't have time to talk to you unless you pay me a consultation fee. Like that's not fair. And so I just, I chose to do this and chose to run my practice a little bit differently than everyone else did. Love it. And for the record, you know, uh, Barry actually used uh, Heather and was was incredibly happy and using the animal connection again, you know, my cousin uh, needs to have his mother prepare some documents and all of that. Um, you know, she's in her 80s, she should have really had this already, but, um, and so does he, he has a family and two kids um, and two dogs. But the point is that, you know, I was on the phone with him and he was like, do you have anyone that you would recommend? And I'm like, no brainer. And I said, Heather, and then I said, by the way, she's also a huge animal advocate and fosters animals all the time. And he was like, done, give me her number. So (laughs) that's how easy it is. You know, that's the thing. Like all things, like if you're going to have one estate attorney versus another, but one does a lot for the animals as an animal lover, which one are you going to choose? Right. Just makes sense. Who is this uh, Barry that you mentioned? Because we had a husband. When people use analogies, I when people use acronyms. I call them out. So let's just Barry, Barry have <laughs> mentioned because you guys do. You have your own business, work be done, which has its own connection to animals. Mention that if you could. Yes. Uh, so work be done is actually one of the sponsors. Tommy and I are co-producing, through, and my half is through our new company, Work Be Done which is where people can go to make extra money, side hustle, pick and choose the jobs that um, they would want to do. And you're helping out homeowners and people who just either don't have the time to do certain things or they hate doing certain things, you know, basic odd jobs, laundry, cleaning, yard work, anything, you know, light packing and moving, anything that you can think of. um, We have people that would want to help you with that. And we donate a percentage to local rescues and charities. Got it. So my buddy Barry is on the Facebook saying, yo, Hef's in the house. Shout out, Barry. Shout out. <laughs> of course. Actually, he's going to come and take Jovi because Jovi oh, has so We're going to go to a quick break. So before we go to a break, everybody check out Jovi's fashion today. He's making a fashion. He's going swimming. Show us the handle, Val, that you and Heather and I were talking about before. The handle. We'll find out who that company is that made the carrying case for a dog, and we should get them on the show. We'll figure, we'll figure that out. Don't give them a plug until they until we talk to them. So okay. we're, we're going to take a quick break. Jovi's going to take a break. He's going swimming. Jovi, we'll see you soon. Uh, when we come back, Heather, I want to just kind of touch upon, even before we jump into the advocacy space and, and Lunin's legacy, which I know we're going to talk about, maybe we could talk, you know, pet trust, guardianship. How, I don't even know. I'm not an attorney. I want you to teach us about that because that's going to be super relevant for the folks who listen to our show and certainly the community that surrounds our show. So we'll start there and then we can uh, get into all the rescues, a bunch of them that you fostered. And let's just do that when we come back. Does that sound good? Sounds great. All right, Val, sounds good? Sounds good. All right, pals, back in 90 seconds. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. professionals and animal lover show actually it's not the professionals because then it would be t pals it's pals the professionals and animal lovers show i'm tommy d i call myself the nonprofit sector connector i've been in my attic for 18 months and uh i, I don't see any time that i'm gonna get out of here so I'm, I'm stuck in the attic val thanks for bringing me friends here in the attic especially for today for bringing me heather and and jovi so this, this is a show we do every week. We do this live at 2 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, also on Facebook. If you want to follow us on Facebook, Talking Alternative Broadcasting. And we're just super excited to every week have great professionals to tell us their stories of what they do professionally and what they do to make an impact outside of the office. Before, while we were on a break, I shared Heather Maltby's uh, legal firm website, and I noticed there you do... Uh, virtual estate planning, which is something that I'm sure, you know, is super important now because I'm sure a lot of us are still not comfortable. Uh, as I said, I'm in an attic, still not comfortable <laughs> getting together in person just yet. Uh, so maybe you could tell us a bit about that, you know, the virtual side of things for your business and how somebody can reach out. And then after that, if we could jump into, let's talk about the animals from a, from a professional standpoint. So um, I do do Zoom all the time. There are a lot of people that are uncomfortable with it and phone calls. I don't need to see people sitting in my office in order to talk to them about what they have, what they, you know, what their family dynamics are, what their, um, what pets they have, what their situation is in order to draft them wills or trusts or, um, and on the other side of that, the probate process, I probably meet 15% of the people that I represent. 85% 85% don't live here. I never meet them. I don't have to meet them. Everything's done virtually. Obviously, I love meeting my clients and when they, they can come in, but you know, we can set up everything, um, do it via Zoom. I send drafts. They approve them. I get them the originals. We can set up online notarization. I can only represent people in Florida, but I can represent people anywhere in the state of Florida. You don't have to be in St. John's County. I can. I have clients that are in Miami and Marathon and Tampa and everywhere. So anywhere in the state of Florida, I can help. And what I help do when it comes to pets is I like to set up pet trusts for my clients. And um, in addition to a pet trust, also a power of attorney for your pet. And I'll kind of explain a little bit what both of those are. A pet trust essentially says, if you pass away owning pets, you would like a certain amount of money. You get to determine the money. Um, set aside into a separate trust to make sure that your pets are taken care of and you designate someone, a friend, a family member, somebody that you trust with your pets to be the new owner of the pets and you give them the money to take care of them the way that they've become accustomed to. So you're not, I would hate to say burdening somebody, but you know, as you get older, your pets get older too. And older pets have more expenses and some of them need prescription medication. And, you know, you love your pet and presumably the person that you're giving it to is going to love your pet, but not necessarily, right? Like they might not love it as much as you do. It's not theirs. 
And so you kind of set up the money there so that it's not a burden on the person taking the pet. Additionally, you could, if you don't have a person, we've definitely put in trust that, you know, I will give a donation to a local no-kill animal shelter or a, a local organization um, to take my pets and to find them quality homes. And then you can have a trustee that oversees what homes that they're going to and approves the home. So like, if you don't have a person that you can leave it to physically to take care of the pet, you can leave somebody to make sure that the pet is placed into a proper home through an organization and you can give that organization a donation so it helps further their cause. So that's I just want to jump oh. in also. Oh, sorry. Ah. <laughs> no, um, I want to, from an advocate side, just really um, emphasize the importance of this because I cannot tell you how many times I have read foiled um, documents from shelters. And often when they get animals that because the, uh, the owner passed away, um, they have also a hard time adopting them out appropriately because they have no idea about the animal's history. They don't know if they're good with other pets. They don't know if they're good with children. They don't know if they have a high prey drive. And it, that is invaluable information for your animals because if God forbid something does happen to you, you know, I mean, how is someone supposed to know that my dog is allergic to chicken and rice unless someone tells them? And how are they supposed to know that he sleeps in bed with us every single night? And, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're, every animal, you know, they're like children. Every animal is different. Um, so you're really, you know, doing the animal a solid, if your beloved fur babies, if you provide as much information as possible and plan for the worst case scenarios. So I have a quick question to this too, and great points, obviously Val and, and Heather, of course, too. Um, what about, so I, when you first explained this scenario and that I assume I, in my mind, I said, okay, so the trustee and the new caretaker for this animal are, are one in the same in that example, but, but not necessarily. Right. So what happens? So what happens if, if, so, so if I had, well, I don't want to pass away right now. If some other, somebody else had a pet and they passed away and they leave that pet and they put a trust together and they have the power of attorney, the whole, the whole, uh, the whole uh, kitten caboodle, huh? How do I do that? So that the whole program, what happens when like, is there a shelter? Is there like, so I, I'm really like a doggy daycare. Is there like a forever doggy daycare that can be like, it's like a, hotel or a resort that like just let's say i'm somebody of means and i you know my dog's gonna live another 10 years like but nobody wants to take my dog for whatever reason can you talk about that or are there examples like that i mean i've had the the good thing about a trust is like the sky's the limit and what you want i've had people that literally have said i want somebody to move into my house i'm not moving my animal and my animal essentially has a life estate in my house and we can pay somebody to come and move into my house to solely take care of my animal for the duration of my animal's life. And then upon my animal passing away, then the house gets sold, then the, the money gets distributed. But I've done, I mean, I've had numerous people come in and say, my kids don't get any money. My kids get nothing until this animal passes away because I want to make sure the animal is taken care of. They can get whatever's left. Oh my God. that just sounds like like a matlock episode or something like that <laughs> that's my kind of person that's yeah, my I know. <laughs> like which one of the kids you know did something bad to the dog so they can get that <laughs> out of that house later on that's what i was seeing and the reason that sometimes people do different trustees than the person taking care of the pet is it's kind of like kids right there are some people that are really great with kids that aren't great with money and there are some people that are really horrible with money or like you know what I mean so it's like if the person is a great person and you want them to take care of your animal and they're like sure I'll take care of it but you're afraid that the ten thousand dollars you leave is going to be gone in the first year because they're going to buy them stupid stuff and not save it for healthcare, not invest it so it's growing money while they don't need it then give the money to somebody who's financially savvy who puts it into an account that can grow a little bit and then just buys the dog food or just every couple months, quarterly, whatever, gives them a distribution so that they can make payments. I, um, <clears throat> I, I feel compelled to share this story just because uh, it is something that 
really hit close to home. And I know Heather's aware of this already, but just to really, um, you know, magnify this topic and the importance of planning. Um, we had a neighbor, great guy. Um, and unfortunately, last year during COVID, um, he had a stroke in his home and he lived alone. In fact, it was very complicated. He was going through a divorce. He has like two adult children, but they're in other parts of the country. And, um, you know, his friends and neighbors found him, you know, they hadn't seen him. Thankfully, he was very visible in the community. So it, it was noticed that he was kind of MIA, not answering his phone. So neighbors checked in on him, found him on the floor, and he, he was taken to the hospital. Um, and eventually he did pass. But the point is, his dogs, two dogs, had to be kenneled. Nobody knew what to do with them. Nobody had any kind of indication what the plan should be. The children didn't want the animals. The ex or soon to be ex was not interested in the animals and neighbors were scrambling plus paying for the boarding, which is not cheap when you, you're boarding at a vet and you're paying for the food and everything, you know, um, and those poor dogs who were no doubt traumatized because they saw their, their human, you know, their, their best friend and everything collapse, not be able to get up. And that's it. They never saw him again. It's, it kills me actually when I think about it. Um, but the point is that proper planning could certainly help tremendously in that, that type of situation. And it also gives clarity to all the people who love this person. They can say, we want to execute his wishes. We want to carry forward his vision for what would happen for his fur babies upon, you know, the worst case scenario, which this is what that was. Wow. How common is this, Heather? Do you find that many of your clients who have pets, I mean, is this always, I'm assuming on your intake at the firm, this is probably part of your routine intake is do you have pets? How do you consider what are you going to plant, right? Yeah, all the time. Every single, the first thing we talk about whenever we come in is family dynamics and pets. What, you know, marriage, first marriage, second marriage, kids from the first marriage, kids from the second marriage. What animals do you have? I mean, this is a very common conversation. And when I say that the majority of the people that come in are more concerned about their pets being taken care of than their kids being taken care of, I'm not, I'm, they're grown kids. So but yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably the thing that causes them the most amount of um, like thought and stress is who do we trust with the animal and how do we figure out how much money to put in this trust for them? Yeah, These are important questions. Um, and you know what? I know that from back in the day when I was in finance, there's a very small percentage of people in general who have created their estate plan, period. You know, I mean, <laughs> my, my, unfortunately, my family is kind of famous for not doing that stuff. But, you know, ultimately, um, if you can imagine whatever that small percent, Heather would know this better, better than me, but let's say it's 20%. I really don't know. But what percentage of those people update their stuff on a regular basis and include their pets in their planning? And on a topic of that, you don't have to, but you're going to probably get more pets and some of your pets are probably going to pass away and you don't know. We don't make it so inclusive that it's only taking care of Fido, the one that you have now. We make it a broad thing so that it's any animals that you have. And we kind of do a calculation of like how much money do we want to set aside based on the age of the pets and based on like the pet's needs. Right. So it's, it's not a one size fits all by any means. Yeah, we would, we would have had to update our stuff like five times the past five years. <laughs> how many pets do you have, Valerie? Well, um, technically five. However, I don't know if fosters count, but, you know, every once in a while we'll have a foster. So um, but those are kind of planned for, I guess, through the organization that you foster through. Right. Um, but um, my goal is is like, you know, 100. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. That's certainly a lot. Talk about a lot of pets. <laughs> Heather, we can start this conversation and then I think we got to actually go to a quick break. We might be overtime already, but you fostered a whole bunch of animals just recently, didn't you? Yeah, I've fostered. Tell me how many and then we'll, well, then we'll tease them and then we'll go to a break. I think I fostered about 80 in the last 
year. <laughs> okay, gang. Val, here's we're gonna go to a break right now. Hold on, Kyle. Hold on one second because I want to set this up. Valerie wants to have a hundred pets, and Heather has fostered eighty pets in the last year. We're gonna take a quick break. Talk about that when we get back. <laughs> Howdy, I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on TalkRadio.nyc every Tuesday night from six p.m. to seven. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast, a cannabis professional, or interested in entering the cannabis space? I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauber, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. I'm just going to keep showing pictures, Val. Why don't you bring us back? They're so cute. I, I have this. I don't have an orange cat. I need an orange cat. This one, if you, um, go, back, if you go back, I love the one with the cat and the dog there, but there was these two cat. this. These the two tongue. Hugging yeah. each other. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, so cute. Go to the next one. Go to one? the next. Go that oh, way. Yeah, that one. That's my newest foster. His name's Soldier. And if you look at his mouth, it's a little bit. Um, funny, he was actually thrown out of a car when he was oh. in and had his bottom jaw ripped off. So they have been, they've done reconstructive surgery numerous times. If you see like in his bottom jaw, he doesn't really have lips. Um, it's just kind of there, but wow. he, he's currently with me right now. And oh. I can show you pictures. You don't want to see it, but it was, it was very bad. He had no bottom yeah. Yeah. Looks, he looks like a soldier for sure he's i love it but folks but he's currently up for adoption if anybody wants to adopt him oh this should take our right in the next place we're going i i'm telling you i'm allergic to cats and it kills me because looking at these pictures they look like a lot of fun and anytime i've ever been in anybody's house as a cat i'm good for about three minutes until i start sneezing and i can't stick around but what we're looking so if you're not watching us on facebook if you are solely listening to us uh, we're actually showing some pictures from Luna's Legacy Animal Rescue, and we're showing their Facebook page. Shout out to Luna. There is actually a Luna, right? Well, actually, it's Luna's Legacy because the actual Luna passed away, and because she passed away, they created Luna's Legacy. Tell us that story. So tell us the story about this organization. So Luna's Legacy is a local um, nonprofit here in St. Augustine and the surrounding areas, and they take um, feral kittens, homeless kittens, and feral moms, if they're pregnant, um, into private homes. There is not a location of Luna's Legacy. Every The amount of fosters we take in is based on the amount of private homes people are willing to open up and allow 
um, fosters to come into. So that's why I say I've had 80 cycle through. Sometimes I get, you know, for a while we started, Luna's Legacy is um, founded by a lady named Shiloh and she runs it and it's all just really Shiloh and Facebook and Instagram and, and people go to see the kittens at people's houses and it's a very community-based effort. Um, Like regular, sorry to cut you off, but we'll shout out Shiloh in a second, but it seems like for you to to say that you had 80 cats and it was all cats, right? In this, Yeah, all cats. All right, so it might be a couple at a time and somebody's checking it out and they're like, oh, I want Soldier. And they hook up with with you all and then they combine and see Soldier and then maybe you You've now made room in your place to, yeah. to bring another cat in, right? Yeah, so for a long time, so we got started with Luna's Legacy because um, my boyfriend's 13-year-old wants to be a vet, and she was homeschooled um, prior to COVID, but also through COVID, and she loved bottle babies and learning about animals and feeling their bones and just seeing behaviors of them, so we started doing this without having to commit to having a pet cat. Because at that point, we did not want a pet cat. I didn't even like cats at that point. So, um, yeah, (laughs) never. It was, but I liked kittens. And so it was like, we've had forever kittens that just, so we would get kittens usually around the age of seven weeks. And by nine weeks, they were adopted. So we'd sometimes get a litter of five that we'd have for a week or two. And then when they're gone, you get another litter and then another litter. It's like always having babies. Yeah. Except wow. I started getting into some of the older ones. We call them the hissy kitties. They're the kit, they're the feral cats that come in around nine to twelve weeks. They've they've learned fear um, at that wow. point, and like so, they like to hide. They'll hiss at you. You can every single kitten I've had that's a hissy kid kitty. You either decide that you're going to um, fix them and release them back into a feral colony, or you see if they're able to be rehabilitated to be an adoptable cat how do you do that um a lot of patience and brattiness so i oh, love the bratty back to them oh yeah i like force them to love me <laughs> of course like i win them over it's like we're gonna one of us is gonna win and i promise you it's gonna be me because i have the treats i have the toys i have the churro sticks like I have all of the the skills necessary and I'm not scared of them. They're cute kittens. They're just scared of me. So right. if you approach it as like a patient thing and I work, you know, because of what I do, I go to the office two days a week and I work from home the other five days a week. So when I have a hissy kitty, I would go in and spend 15 minutes every hour talking to them, trying to get closer. I'd put a blanket over my hand. I'd pet them with a blanket. That way, if they did try to scratch or bite, they got the blanket, not me. And never I mean they've all gotten adopted they're the ones that have the most personality they're the ones that I love the most Uh, and it's just that they're scared Heather that's what you're saying they're they're just just scared they Uh, don't know you if you're a cat and you're all of a sudden taken from being outside and you're uh, you're a kitten anyway and you're put into a house with these huge monsters that are coming at you with these huge hands like they don't know they're just reacting out of fear once they learn love and trust they're great that's right. And, and, um, and I thank you for that. I want to point out the importance of um, fostering and also a quick explanation of it, because I know a lot of people don't know what fostering entails. And that includes myself. I didn't even know what fostering entailed until maybe four years ago when I ended up fostering my first cat. And um, it wasn't until then, actually, I was in the middle of it, when I found out, you know, I knew that you get free food. I didn't know medical was covered. I didn't know that they give you, um, you know, blankets, toys, treats, all that stuff. And um, I think that if a lot of people understood what fostering really entailed, how important it is, because you're literally, you know, clearing out a cage or you're allowing for more pets like Heather's revolving door. Imagine if, you know, 10 more people did what she's doing because of this information now you're talking 800, you know, a year. Yeah. And um, and the other thing is the socialization factor. So here's the thing with cats, actually with dogs too, socialization is vitally important. It can literally be the difference between whether or not a cat is um, or a dog will spend their lives in a home as a companion animal, or they may end up, you know, just not getting adopted, staying in a shelter forever, or as for a cat, they may end up 
being put back outside because they couldn't acclimate. So if you like playing with cat toys and making them jump up for feathers and, you know, if you enjoy seeing them run around and get frisky, you know, socialization is a really huge part of all of this. And you can even volunteer at places, shelters, kitty cafes, whatever, to help the animals become more adoptable. And when they're adoptable, they're saveable. So you're saving lives just by playing with some animals. <laughs> so something I learned, and I, I told you guys, I'm going to, you, you two on the call, but everybody else who's listening, you know, I don't know most of this, like 99% of this, I don't know anything about any of this stuff. So I'm learning every week and I actually learned the word colonies. Well, I knew what the word colony meant, everybody. Don't <laughs> but in, in reference to ferals, I learned it last week. We had uh, Tina Trasler here on the show from Catnip Nation. And if you didn't get that, Check it out on Facebook. Check it out on talkradio.nyc. And I actually had a follow-up call with Tina just this week. Hey, Tina, hope you're well. Uh, but I'll tell you, I learned about, you, you know, about the need. I mean, there's as many ferals in the outside in, in our neighborhoods as there are house cats in people's homes. So pretty, pretty incredible. Heather, I hear we have a question on Facebook that we got to get to. It's, it's sort of quasi, not quasi, it's business related. It's right in your wheelhouse. I want to ask you in a second. But what I want to ask you, my question first, because um, I guess because I want to know the answer quickly, is I think I'd have a hard time. Like, let's say I'm not allergic to cats and Shiloh or whoever drops off five kittens for me, right? Now I got four kids here. So how the heck are we going to be okay with two weeks from now? Those are gone again. And you're going to give me a whole new five. But is there like, I'm sorry, I, I know you're a tough attorney, but this is going to be like a thing where like, aren't you sad when they leave? I've never been sad. Um, there's one, Ursula. She was one of my hissy kitties. Um, I was very, very sad when Ursula left. We thoroughly um considered adopting her at that point um and no shiloh chooses amazing households these yeah. are going to families that want them and what better way to like help more than to give them to somebody that like actually wants them and is going to love them and they're so excited and there's nothing better than when they come to my house and i get to hand them this cute kitten and take a picture of them they're so excited about it and you know that they're going to go to good homes and like if we kept every cat we've had some fails we have mango and marley which Val knows. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they used to be butter and jelly, and butter and jelly have now been named mango <laughs> butter and marley jelly. But mango and marley have they're they're our forever cats now. We just fell in love with them, and so it does happen. All right, so it does happen. You just hope it doesn't happen too much. <laughs> well, I will. I will have. I was a horrible foster in the sense that um, you know you definitely bond. You know, there's this, but like I felt so responsible. I also pulled this particular cat off the street, um, literally in the middle of my block, and she was really sick. She was iffy about whether she was going to make it. We got her from like six pounds to ten pounds in like three months. I knew personally the adopter, the person who took her. When we dropped her off after we pulled out and were back in the car, I was. <sighs> like ugly crying i'm like let's go right to the bar i was so distraught. i was like again because i know when i saw all the updates what a great life that cat was given right so you were so you were sad but you were happy for the cat too because it was going to a good place yeah. and right. i was like here you go so valerie called me everybody every, the other day valerie calls me and says do you want to foster a rabbit We'll talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about that in our next segment. I don't know. I, I, I said to my wife, Valerie wants to know if we want to foster a rabbit. She says, we're not going to do that. And then like, we're in another conversation. She goes, get the details. I go, what are you talking about? We just had two other conversations. I didn't realize she goes about the rabbit thing. So anyway, your Val's going to, I'm going to have a menagerie over at this house before we're done. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow at camp. Camp. <laughs> NYC shout out again to Regina when we come back Heather we got to answer this question Samantha Marino's checking in on Facebook thank you for checking in and and being with us here on pal Samantha it says uh let's say a married couple a young married couple has something terrible that to, to ha that happens to them she wants to know how early is there a specific age that you should start planning you don't have to answer right now if it's going to be a long one we can just come back from the break but if you want to answer quick we can go with there there's it's as long as you're 18 it's you're not too young as long as you're 18, you're not too young to get your pet set up on a pet trust 
and the uh, power of attorney. How do they contact you if they are in the Florida area? Let's do that real quick, Heather. And then we'll um, to- they can either call my my office or they can go um, on my Facebook or on my website. All what, of the above. What's the number of your office line? 904-875-3774. Thank you for that. We'll be right back. Samantha, thanks for checking in. Kyle, take us a break. We'll see you soon. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. I'm just looking at these pictures. It's killing me. Ciabatta. I mean, ciabatta. Who doesn't need a ciabatta in their life? <laughs> but Sapphire and Royal are killing me here. Forget uh, it. They all kill me. They slay me. Oh, uh, kills me every day. Um, so, uh, Heather, actually, I wanted to circle back to what we touched on, but um, I, I think this is super important to also explain what the power of attorney does, because here's something I never would have thought of. Why does a pet owner need a power of attorney, right? <laughs> like normally I have a, oh, you're on mute, by the way. Like I have a, I, my mother gave me a power of attorney, whatever. And I was able to, while she was unable to, she was in a rehab, she got into a car accident. I was able to like cut checks for her, you know, go to the bank for her, stuff like that. Uh, you know, my cat, my dog doesn't really need that. So, so why do we need a, a pet power of attorney? So it's, it's kind of twofold because a, a pet trust exists once you die, but there are situations which like, I just went out of town for three weeks. I have two kittens. If something had happened to those kittens, just like a kid, like you can't just go into a doctor's office and say, Hey, treat these cats, or I don't know what's wrong with them. Or I need you to give them medication because you're not their owner. And if the, if you're their owner, then you can consent to their treatment. But if you're not their owner, you can't consent to the treatment and the vet's not going to do it. So a pet power of attorney slash pet healthcare surrogate allows someone, your pet sitter, to um, go in and get your animals the care that they need if something were to arise when you're not there. Additionally, it's not just for whenever you travel. Like sometimes you get in an accident and you have to go into a rehab facility and you're in a rehab yeah. facility for three months or six months or whatever and somebody's taking care of your pet. And they need their shots and their vaccines and, and their rabies and everything. And like the doctors will not do those kind of things for them. If the doctor does not, if you're not the record owner for them. Yeah, that is important. And, um, you know, I want to circle back. Actually, I should have mentioned this before. There was a happy ending to the other story that we told about our neighbor who passed with two dogs. Another neighbor stepped up and adopted them. Um, But, you know, that... these stories don't always end like that. Um, so plan, 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 call Heather. Oh, and Heather, one other reason, not that we need another one, but please explain also what your um, firm offers 
for people who are uh, doing pet trust and everything. I know that you guys also donate stuff. and yep. So we donate 3% of our um, income every month to Luna's Legacy. Sometimes it's direct cash. Sometimes it's paying medical bills for them. Like when soldier had surgery, sometimes it's ordering them food. I mean, but we always give them 3% of the, of our income. And um, what we do for Luna's is we give 50% off any estate planning to anyone who adopts any animals through Luna's. And then if someone adopts a um, adult cat, um, like a mom cat or a harder to adopt cat, um, or like the one I have right now, Sarah, she's nine months old. She was adopted and, and returned, not from any fault of her own. And she just hasn't been readopted yet. And so if somebody adopts one of those, Luna or Shiloh has um, gift certificates where they can get free trust, not just a pet trust, like a full, a full estate plan. That's amazing. And speaking of Shiloh and Luna's legacy, um, can you touch on uh, other ways or all the ways that somebody can help them out? Like what do they need donation wise, volunteer wise, foster wise, all that? Um, there's always a need because the amount of kittens that come through is based on the amount of houses that they have to foster cats through, but it's also supportive. They have an uh, Amazon page that has the things they need, litter, toys. Um, you know, they do fundraisers on their Facebook. If they have a bunch of kittens come in and they need extra money for vet bills because they work with a vet, the vet doesn't give them discounts for any of the vet, of the medical and you get your cat all vaccine, you know, the cat's vaccinated has all of its shots, it gets fixed. Um, it Luna provides all of that for, for them. And so donations are really, really big. And I just got a text from Shiloh. She said last year they did um, 467 kittens got adopted through them, kittens and cats. Wow. And wow. this year she's trying to slow down. So <laughs> she's only got, she's only at this point, 360, but- yeah. It's still Heather, we need you to go from 80 to 100 to pick up the pace, you know? <laughs> but, but you know I mean, what? I also, I, uh, sorry, Heather. You know what? I also want to make this point. Um, you know, different animals require different needs to foster, let's just say, a kitten. Okay, just one kitten. What does it take space-wise, time-wise? You know, what does that take? It, it really, it doesn't take a lot of space. I mean, a cat is, if you have a house that you live in, you can get a cat in there. That's not a problem. And um, time-wise, you know, cats are so easy. It's like, yeah. you uh, you can work full time and come home and you spend an hour with them and they're happy. Like they just want really all of the kittens that we deal, that we typically have, they're all pretty well socialized. They're not going to, if you just want to foster, you want to get into foster, you're going to get the fun seven to nine week old kittens that you have for a week or two. They're just playful. They run all over. They make you laugh. They tumble around and then they go home. If you like doing that, you can always get into like more special needs cases, but the majority of fosters that we have, they just, you know, we, they want the six to nine week old kittens and it's easy. It's fun. They, they, they're all litter box trained. Yeah. All of the food's delivered to your door. Amazon and, and wow. Walmart bring it to you. You don't have to do anything besides just sit there and enjoy it and allow a cute little kitten to cuddle up with you and, uh-huh. and, and, and right. snuggle I, and I, take pictures. You got to take pictures of them. You don't get adopted if you don't have them posted. I have a question. And, and this is probably not going to help because I'm all the way up on Long Island and I'm not going to ship one of these little kittens. And I'm sure there's plenty of ways I can help up here in New York. But... Like, are there different, I know there's different breeds and I, I said up front that I'm allergic. I'm probably not aller- allergic to all cats. I mean, I know neither one of you is a doctor, but what are uh, you making a face? Like maybe I just am. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. it's typically it's cat dander and it's that starts, that starts being produced. So actually kittens should be fine for you. If you were to, to foster like seven to nine week old kittens, that should be fine. It's just when they start getting their adult hair in and they start grooming is when they start getting the dander. So we've oh, had numerous people. Yeah. So like if you want kittens, they're not there yet. If you get them little enough, like once they get a, probably 12 weeks, I'd say you would probably start having allergies, but when they're so seven, eight weeks, part, you're gone. You've moved them through the cycle. And at least in your experience, they're gone by the time they hit 12 weeks anyway. Oh yeah. yeah. People love the easily. little. Yeah. yeah. Easily. Yeah. All right. Um, guys, I have to switch gears and I, I, I hate like cutting conversations short, but this is really important. Um, before I forget. So, uh, in Long Island, speaking of Long Island, New York, 
There's a huge opportunity coming up this week on Monday, September 20th. Uh, the town of Riverhead on Long Island has um, proposed an anti-puppy mill bill, which also includes, I don't know if you know this, kitten mills, cat mills, rabbit mills. This is a, a major chance to have your voice heard, be a voice for the voiceless. It's 6 p.m. in Riverhead, the town, the town of Riverhead, 200 Howell Avenue. Um, so that's that. And to Heather's point, there's so many ways to help the animals adopt, volunteer, advocate, uh, make phone calls and emails to legislatures, socialize them, foster, donate. And of course, if you can't do any of that, you can always hit a share button on Facebook or do it on Instagram, spread the word. That's free and takes very little time. Heather, give us your website real quick. It is eppglaw.com. And people ask me what EPPG law stands for. It's estate planning, probate, and guardianship. So instead of having a very long, hard to type out name, it's just abbreviated EPPGlaw.com. Very good. Awesome. You were an awesome guest today, Heather. Thank you so much. Thanks, Most everything that you do for the animals and continue to do. Thanks. We're thrilled yeah. to have you, Heather. Sorry, we're jumping all over each other because we're running out. <laughs> It's okay. Heather, so Luna's Legacy does not have a website. They're, they have an Instagram. They have a Facebook, right? That's how to find them. We showed that. Some, so if you missed some of the show, gang, go back. Go back to early parts of the show. You'll see some of these pictures. I mean, I'm in love with Sapphire and Royal right now, but whatever. You should go see that picture of Syrah and her bottle of whiskey. Syrah. Isn't that, a, isn't that a red wine, Syrah? I think it is. Syrah is. She was part of the red wine crew. Merlot, Cabernet, Syrah. Uh, that reminds me of my friend Joe Gatto's book. Shout out Joe Gatto, Gatto Pups. And the book I bought, I bought one for Valerie. And uh, he names all of his his rescue dogs after uh, Italian de uh, desserts. So cannoli, biscotti, the whole thing. We don't have time for it right now. Heather, thanks for being here, Val. Thank you for being my pal. Val. <laughs> All right. So listen, we do the show every week, 2 p.m. If you miss it, you can go, go look up for it on Facebook. We are on the podcast platforms. The YouTube uh, page has been launched. There's Facebook, there's Instagram for the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. If you have a question for Valerie or I, it's uh, what, what, what? We're running out of time. Go. Quote. quote. I'm going to do the quote. I'm going to do it, but let, okay. yeah, do it. If you got a question for Valerie or Tommy D, the email is jovi at pal show. So Jovi, like Jovi the dog, Jovi at PAL-show.com. That's our email address. And find us on the social. Uh, we'll follow you. You follow us. In his total commitment to nonviolence, Gandhi always included the animals. And we will close our show with this when I don't forget to do it. The greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. This is the PAL Show. Take care. Thanks. run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. 
After innings, I discussed the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc.